Uh, this week, I am drinking uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Blackstone Sumer Organic More Ale. Go! Hello! <laughs> Welcome to the 16th Chuckle Duster Podcast. It is number 1616. Number 1616, so it's 1116. Something like that. We've been doing it a long time. It's, of course... Joel and myself, I am James. We are dusting along, I guess. Oh, that's nice, yes. I suppose we are dusting along. We are in the dust bowl. And actually, in our last podcast, had had we announced the show? No, we had announced the show. Well, the announcement had come out, but we we didn't talk about it in the last podcast, did we? We need to talk about the fact that we're doing a show in under two weeks. Yeah, a live... A live transmissioning broadcasting show. Now, obviously, we want you to be there. And it's at Siegfried von Underbelly uh, in Hoxton Square, London, very near Old Street. So very near our our, uh, our old venue of Bar Kick. Um, you can come and join us there on the night. And that's the 16th of November. But James, James, what if people can't make it? That's, you know, I feel lazy. So, yeah, it, it is lazy. It is, it's really they should be lazy. ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed of themselves. But because we are compassionate people, mm-hmm. you know, if only there were some way that we were able to cater for all those people who weren't, um, you know, diligent enough to make it to our show. Let's not pretend that nobody knows that it's being live streamed to the world. Well, I won't anymore. We're live streaming it to planet Earth. I'm really confused right now because <laughs> Gail, I'm, you're so ill. <laughs> I have been ill for the past few days, and today is the first day I've been able to get out of bed without basically throwing up. I feel like I'm drunk from illness. I I can't come up with anything funny. Joel. It's good. Well, you're drunk from illness. I'm drunk from alcohol. So um, this should be an interesting podcast. Lovely. Um, uh, well, I. <laughs> You look fine, I have to say, for an ill person. Although you you do have very sad eyes. <laughs> That's just my eyes. <laughs> no, they're normally quite vibrant and piercing. At the moment, you look as though you've just been given some bad news by a relative. That's because I've just disappointed at the lack of my jokes so far this podcast. <laughs> so you're sad at yourself. Last week, you may remember, folks, I issued a challenge to Joel. I oh, said, for God's this sake, is we're doing this 16. now. Yes, OK. Number 16, let's each write a song about 16 and play them for each other in the show. Mm. Now, this was a very bad idea. Yes. I mean, firstly, you know, it was my birthday, which involved a lot of alcohol. Then I've been ill for the past three days, not alcohol related, I might add, because I had a day in between it where it's fine. And I'm still feeling sick, but I've knocked something together. Right. I can't believe we're doing this so early on in the podcast. Okay, Joel, uh, have you got a a song? Uh, James... I have a very short answer to your question. It's no, isn't it? It's no. Um, I haven't prepared anything. Right, so you're going to improvise a song. I am basically going to improvise a song, yes. After having drunk alcohol? Yep. Uh, would you like to quickly Google a rhyming dictionary? Already on that one. I oh. am uh, <laughs> one step ahead of you. Uh, what are you currently trying to find rhymes for? Is it 16? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. I am trying to find rhymes for 16. Okay, folks, uh, you have to try and guess. Uh, in Now you have to guess what rhyme for 16 Joel is going to put into his song. Mm-hmm. The fact that you'll be improvising it might make it worth more than, than my pre-prepared... That's true, because if people like mine more than yours, which you've kind of, you know, you've had 
time to prepare. Then yeah, in bed, unable to even sing. Don't play that card. Unable to hold an I've instrument. Been, I've been rehearsing all week for a Oh, for what a play. for, Joel? Oh, did I just accidentally mention the show that I'm in? Why don't you tell me about the show you're in and accidentally tell the audience of hundreds of people? Oh, of course, I forgot people listen to us. Yes, James, <laughs> I am going to be appearing in a production called uh, The Ballad of Robin Hood. And that's at the Southwark Playhouse, and it runs from the 26th of November to Boxing Day. Sorry, was that the 26th of November to Boxing Day? This year, James, this year. 2015, in case you're catching up with this podcast a few years down the line. That's right, that's right. I'm going to be playing a number of different characters, and it's not a pantomime, so don't come along expecting, oh no you did, and oh no you don't. It's more. But will anybody be behind you? Um, I will hopefully the rest of the cast in a supportive mm-hmm. way. And my wife, again, I mean, she's always behind everything I do. But you uh, don't want us to shout that out in the middle of the play. Uh, there will be no opportunities for it's behind you. Oh, no, they didn't. Um, or what's the other one? Help, help. My uncle's touching me. I have not seen a pantomime for years, but now I'm not going to. <laughs> no, this is uh, not a pantomime. There's um, lots of sword fighting and uh, it's going to be very, very entertaining. In the kind of penis in the bathroom way or actual swords? No, actual swords. I've got oh, wow. a really sexy long sword. I'm actually scared. So, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, come to this Chuckle Duster show on November the 16th because it may be the last chance you'll get to see Joel before he dies from a sword fighting accident. Absolutely. I mean, I do. We are practicing our sword fights on a daily basis, but you never know. Something could go disastrously wrong. So that means every day there's a chance for you to be decapitated. Oh, yes. So I think we've been wasting too much time, Joel. Are you ready? Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, Okay, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay, right. Here we go. Nice and cheery. When I had turned just 16 I went on up to Aberdeen I covered myself in Vaseline And I went into a submarine Ah, the sea was lovely and olive green But all there was to eat was old sardines I sailed on up to a cash machine Who should I find there but Wolverine? Uh, well done for using all the rhymes. Thank you very much. How was that? Was that... You paint a picture. I did, didn't I, with words. I've no idea at what, what part of your brain that came from, but I think everyone at home is clapping. I, I hope I've given everyone the clap at home. I, I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. Right. Uh, I'm going to... Here's mine... Okay, yes. Bear in mind I was ill. Right. And so what I thought was a good idea may not have ended up being a good idea. Okay. Because I I have titled this She Said She Was 16. What? Yeah. You've, uh... If you, I went there. You've gone there. You've gone to that place. I, w- I went there. There's, there's a little bit worse than that um i'm sorry joel but i wrote it about you oh for fuck's sake yeah oh god because in my in my sick 
head, and I mean sick in terms of illness, yeah. I was thinking, well, I can't say this. That would be awful. But if I say that Joel told me this, it's okay. Now I'm going, uh... Anyway, enjoy it, mate. Oh, that's a nice intro. That's what Johnny Cash. The truth is the drinking really loosens the tongue. Oh, wow. It's drinking, you see? The tongue. Joel was drunk one night and told us all what he had done. Can I hate you? I am so sorry. Oh, I hate you much. Four years ago he met a girl in a bar. Something about her was undeniably bizarre. What was bizarre? She said she was 16. And Joel said she was the hottest girl he'd ever seen. Stood powerfully in her ripped jeans. Ripped jeans, eh? He couldn't help himself, he wanted her to be his queen. Thinking about things so regal. Queen Regal, nice one. Where's this going? Joel feared that what he'd done was simply illegal. (laughs) 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 We asked him, had he actually done the deed? Did he bone? Did he bone her? He used a euphemism like. They were trying to breathe. Oh, I guess that's a yes then. She said she was 16. Sing along! She said that she was 16. And Joel said, said she, she was, was the hardest girl he ever seen. seen. Stood powerfully in her ripped jeans. See more rhymes. He couldn't yeah. help himself. He wanted her to be his queen. His eyes were deceiving. Yeah, yeah. Her lies he said we were worried he'd go to prison All because his genitalia had risen She said she was 16 Oh my goodness Clap on guys She said she was 16 She said she was 16 Joel looked at us and said he had misheard. I had what? what? Misheard? No. Her truth lay within a single word. What Blimey. Was it Jesus? <laughs> because the reason she was so authoritarian. Oh God, where's this going? She was in charge. Was that she was really a septuagenarian? Oh, nice. She was 70. <laughs> she was dead. She was 16. 16, you see? She was the hardest Yes, that's what I, I thought. That I thought you had written a brilliant song that with high production values about me being a nonce, 
what it actually <laughs> turned out was that um, I had a penchant for uh, the more senior of uh, the lady folk. Yeah, you see, it's because 16 sounds like 60. That's the joke. That is the joke. That's the joke, and it worked. Thanks. It worked. Um, uh, I will just say that you will be hearing from my lawyer uh, first thing tomorrow morning, if that's okay. Absolutely. That's, I'm fully expecting that, but that's just going to increase the publicity for the song. Why I'm doing and it. And ultimately my sales. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want royalties, well, uh, if possible. You, are, you ain't getting none. Well, then... It was about another person called Joel. Oh, well, you got got me there, Governor. Bang to rights. Yeah. Well, well done. Like, I, 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 you know, I'm more cross about the fact that your song um, sounded as though it was like a movie soundtrack, and <laughs> mine sounded like um, uh, George Formby on heroin. Why did you do the accent as well? That really freaked me out. I was like, "What's what's going on?" I think it was because I was doing it in the style of George Formby. I oh, okay. I, I started. I had had an idea, and I thought, "What rhymes with 16? And the first thing I thought of was Aberdeen. Um, right, and I just thought, you know, George, the old musical people would sing about regional locations, wouldn't they? Yes. <laughs> it was a, it was all the rage in them days. I've just written a song. Oh, yeah. Is it about Barnsley? No, then I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so sixteen, huh? Sixteen, yes. Now I feel like we've obviously referenced the fact that uh, you know sex is legal from sixteen, but in this country. Uh, well, yes, obviously different countries, different different ages. But before 1967, it was illegal for you and me to have sex at all. Yes, well, absolutely. Yes, it was. Um, and after then, uh, after then... I know this. I remember when... Yeah, because the legal age of consent between two men was 21 until, like, Blair, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. 21. Weirdly, lesbian sex was always legal. Yes, and I think because um, prior to any legislation um, uh, about, uh, you know, same-sex age of consent, legislators thought that lesbians couldn't have sex. They didn't understand it, so therefore they didn't legislate against it. That was the reason they thought, well, they, they can't have sex, can they? Well, of course not. Well, therefore, there doesn't need to be a law. And that's why. Wow. Yep. That's insane. Did you know? <laughs> this is insane, right? Up until the year 2000, it was still illegal to have gay sex in a hotel room. What? Yeah, because you had to do it in private. And a hotel room didn't count as private. Even more weirdly, right? You're not allowed to do it if there's a third person present. So no threesomes, right? But even if that person is in another room in the building. What? Yeah, illegal to have gay sex if there is another person in that house. In Up until the year 2000? 2000. How? And I believe it was a European court that overturned that. Well, God bless you, Brussels. I have to say, that law was broken a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that law was probably broken more than any other law. It, well, that's what happens if you try and police Rumpy Pumpy. You can't police Rumpy Pumpy. <laughs> Rumpy pumpy between, uh, and I I do wish politicians would only refer to it as rumpy pumpy. Um, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. You know, uh, rumpy pumpy between uh, consensual adults is unpoliceable. Okay, speaking of another 
uh, age thing that's 16, right? Mm -hmm. It is the minimum age at which you can obtain a 10-year passport, right? Uh Yeah. But what that means is, do you remember what you looked like when you were 16? Yes, um, I looked like a fetus. You could still have had that passport until you were 26. Yes. Uh, Well... My passport, we're talking about passports, not driver's licences here. You did say passport, didn't you? Yeah, passport. Yes. My uh, passport did actually look uh, completely absurd. Um, I was, it was, I didn't, I think when I got that passport when I was 16, um, I hadn't, you know, the chairs in the passport booths. Um, oh, and you spin them to go you up. You spin them to go. I don't think I span it all the way up. So my um, chin was at the bottom <laughs> of the frame. <laughs> so not only uh, did I look like a Cub Scout, um, but I looked like um, someone had taken my head and just put it on a spike in the booth. Um, but still, got me into many countries. There is a link to 16 in Europe that we've already covered when we spoke about number 10 being being Downing Street. Like, when you talk about number 10, we think Downing Street. Right. Okay. So, where is number 16 the equivalent? uh, Strasbourg or Brussels? It is Brussels. Is it? Is it the Yeah, the old Belgian. The seats of the European Parliament? Yeah, 16 Rue de la Loire. Sorry, what was that? 16 Road of the Loire. That's better. (laughs) (laughs) That's better. Now I understand. (laughs) Says Rue de Loire. Rue de la Loire. Rue de la Loire. Actually, it's not Loire. It's Rue de la Loire. That's what I said. Rue de la Loire. Now, I'm, I'm getting to be one of those annoying French people now that are like, no, you pronounce it wrong. I'm going to pretend I don't understand oh, you. Do you know what? I do get cross with people who... Um... Now, the thing is, my dad was from Germany. So if I sort of hear a German word, if I want to say a German word, I will sort of put a slight, probably quite bad German accent on it. But that's only because... Um, of you know, I had a German dad, a German parent. Now you spent time in France and speak it, uh, speak French. So therefore, probably if you came across, if you come across a French word, it's fine for you. It's when I'm sort of not aware of people's French connection, and I hear them sort of, you know, I don't know, like certain words like déjà vu. If you said mm-hmm. déjà vu in a French accent, I would physically hit you. So it would be like earlier today, I had some déjà vu. Oh, that really that would that would annoy that you. That annoys the shit out of me. Because come um, on, so that, I mean that annoys the shit out of you. Everything else that annoys the shit out of you, etc. Etc. Yeah, <laughs> imagine exactly. Oh, you, you know. Oh, I know this guy. He um he started up seven businesses. He's really good at making money. He's a wonderful entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no. But I think we've reappropriated those words into English. Exactly. Well, exactly. But there are there are other. Because they've been appropriated for a long time, but there are more recent appropriations which haven't quite sort of made the transition to "hello, I'm an English word." They're, "Hello, I'm a French word," and so people say them with a French accent. But everybody knows that they are basically English words. I can't think of any example other than "déjà vu," um, but that is totally an English word now. But we've totally appropriated it. So there's also the thing of why do we change the names of places to make it easier for us? Like for us, obviously London is London. For the French, it's Londres. Londres. L-O-N-D-R-E-S. Like they even spell it different. Yes. Different like. Well, we do that as well. I mean, you know, 
Do- you know, we say Germany. Germany. They say Deutschland. Where the hell do we get Germany from? And, well, not from like French. No, that's even like Alemania. Alemania. So it's like, what the hell? Three. Who's right? No one. Well, Germany is probably right. Germany. What you think? Germany's. R- no, I mean the right. people in Germany. So Deutschland. Deutschland, Deutschland is probably right. But it makes like, but there are loads of other lands. There's Finland. Uh, that's, no, there aren't any more lands in the world. Swaziland. Uh, Australia land. Australia land. Hel- Disneyland. Disneyland. See, we, we call them... Why don't we just say Deutschland? I don't know. It's not like we can't say it. No, Deutschland. I feel, I've said it. I don't understand it. What other lands are there? My mind has gone totally blank. <laughs> New, uh, New Zealand. <laughs> yes, that's true. New Zealand. This is a... S- New- Newfoundland. Newfoundland, okay, fine. What about not Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Yeah. I've just found a land. Is it new? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what should we call it? Ooh. Wales. Legoland. Legoland. Fine. All of those. So we we're perfectly capable of saying the word "land" preceded by some kind of uh, weird word like Lego. Yes. So Deutschland. Maybe Deutsch was just two people. Like, is it Dutch? Or Deutsch, Deutsch, Deutschland. Let's call it Germany. <laughs> Why? Because they have germs there. Have, Don't go there. They have plenty of germs. But of course, you know, Germany wasn't a, a country until like it's younger than America. Germany. Did you know this? Well, what was it before? Well, Germany was a, 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 a large number of separate states. Oh, okay. And yeah. all those states, as you know, it's a federal republic. You know, it's made up. You know, similarly, like England, Scotland, Wales. You know, Ireland, Northern Ireland, you know, um, except that there are many more in Germany and they were only unified uh, in under Kaiser Wilhelm. Mm. I think it was, or was it Bismarck? Anyway, one of the people we fought against in World War One, they, <coughs> they, they, they unified and then we went, oh, we're all terrified. The Germans are coming. The Germans are coming. So we, we had a war. That's basically all you need to know about World War One. That's as that's as, con- as concise as it gets. Okay, um, I th- I think that's a very good uh, good lead into the fact that we're going to be doing a one minute uh, dissertation later, as promised. Was it? I forgot about this. Mm. Oh, yeah. who oh, asked? Yeah. Oh no, who asked for this? Um, I think it was Becca. Oh, I'll find out later. Anyway, Grr, Becca. It. Yeah. Um, the last sixteen thing I thought that we should definitely talk about is sixteen millimeter film. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you can still buy it. You can. It's obviously very expensive when you compare it to... I mean, w- what we're basically talking about here is the uh, the divergence of, say, the film industry mm. from using film. Yep. We still call it the film industry to being basically yeah. all digital. Well, yeah, I still go and watch a film, even though, yes, of course. Even though it's probably projected digitally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Quentin Tarantino's next film, The Hateful Eight, is shot on 70mm celluloid. Yeah, I mean, they are still there are still uh, holdouts that will, of course, still film on film. Yes. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? The, the words are so interlinked. Yeah, they are. Well, 70mm makes a, 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 a huge difference. Isn't that basically IMAX standard? Yeah. Um, well, it's difficult to say what IMAX standard is because, I, um, of course, 70mm film preceded IMAXs and IMAXs also run on digital. So 
they're not that... yeah but you need to you need to um, film it in a certain enough quality so that when you blow it up to one of those massive screens Absolutely. you don't lose you don't just see a load of pixels yeah there were certain films Lawrence of Arabia for example was shot on 70mm was it yeah oh I bet that looks good oh, oh if you've never seen Lawrence of Arabia for the photography alone I mean Peter O'Toole Omar Sharif fantastic but the photography in Lawrence of Arabia is unbelievable it's out of this world it's one of the most incredible films to look at that has ever been made that ever will be made it's incredible there are scenes in the desert with the, you know them walking through the desert and when they had to do another take they had to get they had to rake the desert <laughs> <laughs> to sort of in a way that made it look as though they hadn't you know it's just incredible um i have seen it just i think in standard definition on like tv oh, like 20 years ago or something no no yeah i see yes no it's worth watching um mm. but anyway um 16 millimeter if this reminds me it's very interesting. now my brother my older brother corin um uh made a made a short film in Ooh. the early 90s um now um with funnily enough a mutual friend of ours dave Charles. oh yeah they made this film together well of course he's a duster he's a duster he's a duster um and now they this is uh, i think about 93 94 something like that they had to fundraise to make this film this was a 15 minute long film how much money do you think they had to to raise to make this film, which was shot on uh, 16mm? Well, this is the thing. This is one of the main differences and why filmmaking is so open right now Mm -hmm. is because filmmaking used to be so expensive because you'd not only have the film stock, but you'd then have to develop it. Mm -hmm. And if you think how much, you know, it used to cost cost to get a 24-frame thing at Super Snaps, you know, from your normal camera, think of that every second of footage you shoot. Yep. Absolutely insane. Uh, I have no idea how much it cost, but it must have been in thousands. Thirty thousand pounds. <gasps> uh, oh my god! It was in excess of thirty thousand pounds. They t- it took them months to raise this money. They were standing with buckets at train stations. Uh, they did loads of really ingenious uh, fundraising things. Uh, it was a script that my brother wrote, and uh, he and Dave Shaw were in it, and they cast it, and uh, yeah. And then entered it into a few competitions, and then that was that. And it was all for all for the love of their craft, you know. And it was that is insane. Great. Anyway, uh, yeah. So moving on, Becca did ask us last time, would we do her dissertation for her? We said no, and then we said, okay, we'll give you a one-minute dissertation on any of these topics. Okay. Right? Any any topic you give us. Right. So she's obviously contacted us back. Uh, the options are text analysis of directing the flick. Okay. Um, I don't know what that is. Right. Um, the portrayal of women in CW's Supernatural. Or, and I'm pretty sure I know which one we're going to pick, Hitler's rise in the Nazi party. Mm, let me think. <laughs> having no idea what the flick is. No idea. Having never seen Supernatural. And me having a father who was a refugee from the Nazis. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going for the flick. (laughs) You may go for it. So what was the question? What was the flick question? A text analysis. Yes. Slash directing the flick. Slash directing the flick. Okay. Now, just give me a sec, because I don't think it's fair uh, for you to just do this blind. 
I mean, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't well, it? Well, if you blind me just for answering a bloody question on a podcast, I think that's a bit fair, unfair. The flick. Um, the flicker? No. Flick? What the hell is the flick? I have no idea. I, I, I just, I can't talk about Hitler again. I'm always talking about Hitler. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a film called Flick. I can't find one that says The Flick. And the plot is a Memphis cop, Lieutenant McKenzie, is called in to investigate a series of strange deaths and weird sightings. A Memphis cop, you say? Following the resurrection of a murder victim from the 1950s, a local boy who is brought back to life in modern times and tries to find his teenage sweetheart, who is now age 62, and also to seek revenge for his death. Wow. Please tell me this is the film that she's talking about. Okay, well, um, let's say it is. Okay, if you want to do the analysis of the flick, I'll uh, I'll give a minute on directing it. Okay, what when what's the main character called? Lieutenant McKenzie. Okay, all right then. So your minute on the text analysis of the flick begins now. Well, uh, the flick is uh, it's a fabulous film, and it's it's all about Lieutenant McKenzie and how um, he uh, decides that his hair uh, is just so bland and boring that he just he needs it uh, to look a bit more zazzy because all the other guys down at the precinct uh, are making fun of him. So what he decides, he goes to um, Boots, the chemist, and uh, or any high street pharmacy, and uh, buys uh, some hair gel, and um, he tries a, a number of different styles uh, first of all there's um, uh, he does a, like one of those Mohicans from the 80s he doesn't like that uh, then he does a centre parting uh, he doesn't like that but then because uh, it's the 50s um, he, he does a flick and he comes back and all and all the police say oh Lieutenant McKenzie you're amazing oh we love you so much and it's the end that was brilliant I mean you did have a few more seconds to go but I think uh, Becca will accept that she should just one little thing yes uh, it says here, Lieutenant McKenzie is played by Faye Dunaway. <laughs> probably, <laughs> well, you you probably unknowingly spoilt the whole film of the fact that's that that's not important information. Okay, shall I give a directing? <laughs> Please do. And go. As I was directing the flick, I thought it would be uh, quite an interesting thing. As flick was referenced as a movie. You could also call a movie a flick. And therefore, this was a meta film about making films. Now, this is one of the reasons why I decided to cast Faye Dunaway as a male character, which obviously many people have asked me about in the past. Of course, the important thing was the lighting that I was using didn't emphasise any of her curves, her features, her breasts, anything like that, so that her sexuality was entirely removed from the piece. Another thing that I felt was important about the flick, flick, was that the young boy, played by somebody that you would not know, is important to the plot only in terms of moving it forward in the way that maybe his his name, his nickname was probably Flick. Of course, I don't expect you to know that. Only I know that because I'm the director. One minute. Exactly, James. That is professionalism. Well, you did hold up a timer to me so I could see exactly when it was. Thank you very much. You, you have just pen and tellered that entire sequence. You've told them how how we did our tricks. I didn't I didn't think the big deal was the fact that we were getting it exactly to a minute. I thought I thought the the important thing was that we were just giving a minute's worth of Oh no, dissertation. I I'm style over substance every time. Oh, okay. Okay. So if anybody else would like a minute dissertation on any subjects, uh let us know. 
it will be just as good. <laughs> um, if not better. Uh, I, 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 think the only, I don't think that would be difficult. I think the only way is up. Uh, Louise asks how, we, how she should ask someone out on a date. She asked once somebody the following. Hypothetically, if I asked you out, would you say yes or no? That is a safety, isn't it? Uh, it is safe. It is safe. Because it's like, hmm. So, um, Joel, hi- I mean, hypothetically, if if I was to ask you out, <laughs> what would you say? Um, James, I'm, I'm I'm married. You know, I'm. No, I know, but I'm only I'm only saying like what? Because surely you would make a joke, James. But the the thing is, James, I'm. No, I wasn't really asking. Obviously, but James. No, we need to talk about this. We're, we're colleagues. And it's legal now. Come no, on, but please. It's not that I respect you and I admire you. A huge That's amount. a lie. That is a lie. All right, okay. I'm just trying to let you down gently. I, I don't respect you. And what would you say, Joel? What would you say if hypothetically, and obviously I'm not doing it, hypothetically, if I asked you right now, have sex with me, what would you say? I would say hypothetically. Or ah, 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 because in this hypothesis, I'm a chimp. Right, I think you're trying to avoid the question. Uh, let me just let me just make the hypothetical a little bit easier for okay, you. Okay, please do. Hypothetically, Joel, what would you say? Um, what would you say, Joel? What would you say? I. Uh, that hurt. Ah. Ah. Oh Oh my God. Uh, 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 let's uh, let's not talk about this ever again. I'll make sure I edit it out of the podcast. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> oh dear. Um. So seriously, now, uh, Louis, how, how? You mean that wasn't how serious? How could we ask? <laughs> well, it felt certainly yeah, serious, but yeah. now I'm just gonna. Yeah, just- Pretend it never happened as, and be like... As we agreed. I've, I've taken what I wanted mm-hmm. and... <laughs> yes. What, what should we say to Louise? What, what advice can we give to Louise, though? Seriously. Look, the best advice, if you want to ask someone out, is ask them out. It's, there's no, yeah. There is no beating around the bush. You want to go out with someone... Look, fortune favours the brave. If they don't want to go out with you, it's their loss, not yours. Okay? So... Ask them out. If not, all's fair in love and war. You live to fight another day. I know I'm just speaking in platitudes and and sort of military-esque cliches right now, but that's sort of how it is, isn't it? You know, just be bold and uh, and go for it. Or trick them into going out with you. There is always that, yes. (laughs) They always say, hey, what's that over there? Oh, we're married now. (laughs) What's that on your hand? It's a ring. Oh, no. Yeah. I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, sorry. All the friends I invited didn't turn up. Yeah. But I've got a table for two, sir. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. There's no point in playing games. The the less games you play, the more likely you are to get in a relationship that works. Fewer. What? The fewer games you play. Not not the less games you play. Uh, Look, I'm ill. I don't care. There's no excuse for bad grammar. All right. No, you're right. I'm so Thank sorry. Thank you. How did you spell your just then? I, I have no <laughs> idea. I didn't even spell it. <laughs> Along the same lines, I guess. Yeah. Isabella asks, what's it like for you to be single? Uh, 
I'm I'm assuming this means that she's never been single and she's wondering what it's like to be single. Well, I remember what it was. I mean, I am luckily married to the woman of my dreams now, but I... I... You can still tell us what's it like to be single. <sighs> I don't know if I want to go to that dark place. Actually, I can, <laughs> I can speak from recent experience because Mrs. M recently went on holiday with some friends, uh, leaving me home alone. And I was home oh, yeah. alone uh, for a week. And within about two days, I was eating pot noodles and uh, <laughs> I binge watched Homeland. And uh, there were some days I didn't get dressed. That's what it's like to be single. That's what it's like for me to be single. It actually sounds pretty good. I had a great time. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got to admit, but I was left feeling ultimately bereft of any joy. But that's just oh. how I felt because the woman of my dreams wasn't with me. Oh. It, I don't think people... She's listening right now, isn't she's she? She's not only listening, she's got an axe and it's on. It's hovering over my neck. It's because of our last sketch. It's because of our last sketch. It was too realistic. No, she, she endorses that kind of thing. She encourages yeah. it. She, she says, sleep with James as, uh, at least once a week, she says. Well, I think we better leave it there. Good idea. I think very good idea. Yes, I think that I've had a blooming good time talking to you mate that's because you've had lots of beer yeah also i enjoy watching you suffer oh thank you man thank you however i will not be suffering when everybody comes to see the chuckle duster show at siegfried von underbelly 16th of november be there doors open about seven o'clock you can be there earlier because happy hour goes from like four till seven or five till seven or something oh come along drink Uh, those and then you'll laugh at the things even more Exactly. If not, get the bevies in at home and make sure suggest lots of stuff. Yeah, tune in, turn on and drop out. That sounds like my sex life. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. No, see you there, folks. It's going to be great. Bye. 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 I had a penchant 